Good morning. I'm Caleb Watkins, and I want to welcome you to Crestview Inspiration, a ministry of encouragement from Crestview Baptist Church in Canton. We want to share sweet songs of worship with an uplifting word from the scriptures. While you listen, may the spirit of grace flow from the heavenly throne of God into your heart and home, right where you are. Yeah. 
Carolina. This is Pastor Dan Page. I'm over at Crestview Baptist Church in the middle of the Pigeon River Valley, and I'm just excited to be with you this morning. Uh, We are in the middle of this uh, crisis with the coronavirus, and I I want to encourage our seniors. I want to encourage our senior adults who are listening in our community uh, to uh, take heart, to be encouraged to find uh, comfort and strength and faith in this hour. And I want to just welcome you to this uh, radio ministry that we are so pleased to be able to present to you all to minister to you. Our heart is just bring some songs of worship to bring uh, a word from the Word of God and bring a spirit of encouragement to you. That's our goal. That's our desire. Our church family loves you. But more importantly, God loves you. And so this morning, uh, I want to just bring a word from the book of Acts. 
And this word that I want to share with you, I've entitled Worshiping in Lockdown. So, so we are locked down in our homes in this shelter in place. And in this time of being in isolation, or it can be very lonely, it can be very difficult. And uh, we've experienced those feelings of anxiety, those feelings of restriction. But it brings to mind a passage in the Scripture from the book of Acts. And I want to share with you uh, this passage uh, briefly, and then I want to make a few comments to bring about encouragement to you. It is from the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. And this particular uh, passage, we see the Apostle Paul and his partner in ministry, Silas. So I'm going to be beginning in verse uh, 19, and I'm going to read all the way to verse 34. The Bible says, But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods, And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, here's Paul and Silas, the old church planner, the old missionary, the the called of God, servant of God, and his partner Silas were at midnight were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. And he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. What a beautiful true story of the Apostle Paul who was locked down in prison with Silas, and yet they were worshiping. They were worshiping in lockdown. As this is Easter week and as we are consigned to our homes for safety's sake, we can remember that if even we are restricted in every way, we can worship the living God. I remember Palm Sunday when the day Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem, 
There was a great worship with all the people declaring, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We just passed Palm Sunday, and we're approaching Monday, Thursday, and then Good Friday, the day Jesus hung on the cross, and then uh, Sabbath, that, that dark Sabbath, that black Sabbath where hope seemed to die. And then Sunday morning, that early morning, when, the, as the old preacher would say, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Hallelujah. It's a day of resurrection. It's a day of new life. It's a day of hope. It's a day of victory. And so I want to encourage you this morning that we can worship in lockdown. And based on this scripture, how can we worship when we're in lockdown? I'm going to give you three principles that enable us to worship even in our lockdown. Number one, we can worship when our conscience is clear. Now, let me just tell you today, number one condition is we can worship when our conscience is clear. They didn't do anything wrong. They did not break the law. All they did was minister the gospel to this town and this girl, and they were arrested unjustly. They were beaten And they were locked in jail through no fault of their own. And that's where they began to worship. How could they worship? Because their conscience was clear. They had nothing on their conscience. In fact, it reminds me of what the psalmist writes, King David, after he sinned against God. He said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. If we're going to worship in lockdown, We need to worship with a clear conscience, a heart that's done what's right in God's eyes. And then we're free to worship. No matter where we are, no matter how alone we are, no matter what circumstances we're in, it's in that place of of freedom and cleanliness of spirit that enables us to worship the living God freely. So now as we're bound at home, let's keep a clear conscience and a clean spirit and let's set our hearts on worshiping the living God in lockdown. Number two, the second condition is we can worship by praying and singing songs, praying and singing songs. Down there in the bottom of the prison at midnight, no doubt they were hurting, no doubt their their backs were bloody because when they went to the jailer's house, they were their stripes were cleaned. They had had a terrible day, beaten nearly to death unjustly, and Right in the bottom of that detention center at midnight, there they are, praying and singing out loud. Hallelujah, what a Savior. They're worshiping God. Their eyes are fixed on God. It doesn't seem that that's a place to be joyfully worshiping. It's just counterintuitive. How how would we have done if we had been locked in jail, beaten, and abused in such a way, I suggest that we would be groaning. We would be complaining. We're saying, how bad my back hurts, how bad the, the jail is, how awful the, the smells are, and how bad the food is, and why am I in this horrible situation? I have no doubt we would be complaining. 
We are complainers oftentimes when we ought to be rejoicing, but not Paul and Silas. They begin to pray and they begin to worship and they begin to shout, God, this is you're in charge and we may be suffering, but we're praising you anyway. We are going to worship you no matter what. And we pray, God, you'll use us even in the bottomless jail to reach others with the saving message. And it reminds me of the the words of King David when he was running from Saul, when he was suffering greatly and he was in very adverse circumstances. He wrote these words in Psalm 18. He said, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. David worshiped even in a low place, even in a hard place. Paul and Silas worshiped even locked up and beaten nearly to death. And beloved, You can worship right where you are, right there in your living room, right there in your kitchen. Point your eyes to heaven and say, God, by act of my will, I worship you today. I acknowledge your God and I acknowledge that I can trust you and I acknowledge that your son died for me and paid for my sins and one day I'm going to be in heaven with you. Chuck Swindoll said this, Sowing praise in hard times reaps a harvest of joy. It's so easy to praise God. When the money's flowing in, the organization's humming along nicely, the wind's at your back, and the decisions are easy. It's natural to praise God after the earthquake has broken open the prison gates, but it's extremely difficult to praise God while you're still in the dungeon with your back against the wall and you see no natural reason to hope. When you have received mistreatment and misunderstanding for your best efforts, It's easy to wonder, is all this pain I'm suffering worth it? The longer I live, the more I believe that joy is a choice. Furthermore, God uses the joy of his servants to accomplish his plans, not because he needs our power of positive thinking to make good things happen, but to encourage us to choose to find satisfaction in him rather than in our circumstances. After all, he's permanent. Circumstances change with the weather. Praising him in the hard times will cause you to reap a harvest of joy, not only in the future, but in the present where you are. My friend, today, let's choose joy. Let's choose worship. Let's choose prayer. Let's choose to praise God in these hard times, believing God for a tremendous harvest of joy that is coming down the pipeline. Let's sing and praise And call on God of heaven during this downtime and worship regardless of what we're going through. And the last condition and principle I want to give you is we can worship by resting in God's will. Here's a beautiful picture. The the songs were going up. The prayers were going up. And about midnight, all of a sudden, the big earthquake strikes the city and the jail and the chains break off, and the doors fling open, and all of a sudden, they're completely free, Paul and Silas and all the prisoners. And then the jailer, who was no doubt a retired military veteran from the Roman military, which was an awesome force, 
He believed that the prisoners had all escaped because he heard the doors fly open. So he grabbed his sword to commit suicide, which was better than the alternative in the morning when the authorities discovered he had lost the prisoners because they would do worse than that. So as he grabbed the sword and killed himself, he hears a voice. No, do yourself no harm. We're all still here. You see, we can worship by resting in God's will. Paul and all the prisoners were just sitting there, still in the jail, unchained and potentially set free, but not making a move. They were staying right in the middle of the will of God. Why? Because God was in control. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord compelled Paul and Silas to sit there and wait that something was about to happen that God had planned and someone was about to get saved and the Lord was moving and the jailer fell down on his knees and said, Sirs, what must I do to get saved? And Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household, which is exactly what happened. Kaboom! The will of God. Paul and Silas were in the middle of the will of God. Let me tell you right now, that whole family got saved. There was a great rejoicing. They were all baptized. And so God used this trial of lockdown to bring a whole family and witness to all the prisoners that there is a God in heaven and he has a son named Jesus Christ who is the Alpha and the Omega, the eternal first and last. He's the soon coming king on this earth and he is the savior who offered himself for us. He paid for our sins through his sinless blood on the cross of Calvary. And today I want to just encourage you that wherever you are, you can worship by resting in the will of God. Paul and Silas stayed right where they were until they realized what God was doing, was bringing that jailer to faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm praying that God will use this trial to bring us closer to him, to reveal his will in our lives, to draw us into a greater spirit of prayer and a greater time of trusting. America, she's trusted in everything, but we have failed to trust in the living God. The Bible says some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Let's establish our faith in the living God. We believe in medical science. We believe in the government authorities, in the president, in the Congress, and the governor, and the local authorities, but ultimately our trust is in the living God, in his word, in his son, Jesus Christ. God has us right where he can use us, We have a God who's controlling the circumstances and the events of our lives to advance his cause in the world. And a God who can use this pandemic to reach others with the gospel, to bring an awareness to the whole world that God is there. He is real, his word is true, and the gospel is powerful. The gospel of Jesus still saves, and Jesus is a saving God. Let me give you a final admonition. Going through the Old Testament, I was thinking about how these uh, men and women throughout the Old Testament, how in difficult circumstances they, they still worship God. Abraham worshiped God alone when he opened the animals up in sacrifice in Genesis 15 and went into a deep sleep 
hearing directly from God and receiving personal information about his future. Moses worshiped God when he went up on the mountain to receive the commandments, and he asked to see God face to face. And there he witnessed the glory of God when he passed by him, uncovering a small fraction of his glory. And David worshiped God in the wilderness as he ran from Saul, his enemy, and there he experienced the close presence of God in the wilderness in supernatural protection and supernatural provision. And Solomon worshiped God when he prayed the prayer of dedication for the newly constructed temple. And the glory of God filled the temple with a cloud that was so holy and so heavy that the priests could not continue to even minister. And Isaiah worshiped God when he saw God in a heavenly vision, filling the temple with his glory and revealing how sinful his own heart was before a holy God. And after a cleansing touch from the holy altar of God, Isaiah declared, Here I am. Send me, O God. And Elijah worshiped God on the mountain, that great prophet who never tasted death. When God called him to go up on the mountain and wait for a word, he ran for 40 days until he got to the mountain of God. Then God revealed himself, and the Bible says, God spoke and said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still, small voice, a whisper, So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah then spoke directly to God, worshiping him and hearing and obeying the still small whisper of the living God. Beloved, You can worship and I can worship through this lockdown. We have a God who's the same God yesterday. He's the same God today, and he's the same God forever. He's the God of the universe that has all, that all these patriarchs worshiped. And Paul and Silas in the bottom of that stinky jail worshiped so we can worship in our house lockdown. Let's worship the loving God, seeking the God who can do anything and he who will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or imagine. Beloved, let's set our hearts to worship our God. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus that no matter where we are in our homes and our places of business, God, that you can meet us through the Spirit and through the promise of your Word, and we can worship you, we can seek you, we can pray We can sing songs of worship to you, and God, we can pray for one another, and we need to lift up one another. We need to help one another in this hour, but Lord, most of all, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and we need to run our race, and we need to trust the living God who can do anything without, there's nothing that you can't do, oh God, and so we glorify you this day. And we pray that our eyes will be fixed on you and that we'll worship you in lockdown and find that you're faithful to support, help, carry us through, supply our every need according to glorious riches in Christ Jesus. 
And Lord, that we can look back and see that you were there all the time. And so we glorify you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, beloved. Have a blessed day. And I pray God will just speak to you today and you can worship wherever you are. Until next week, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Crestview Inspiration. May this ministry touch your heart, encourage you, and strengthen you. And may the Lord bless you in your spiritual walk. We look forward to sharing with you next week. Have a spirit-filled day and God bless.